nutrition and lifestyle transformation coach. I'm the founder and CEO of Never Settle Lifestyle, a company created to guide you in the pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself through the complete wellness of your body, mind, and soul. I am here to journey along with you as you transform your life and no longer settle for less than what you are truly capable of. I'll show you how to finally take a stand for maintaining your life balance while performing at an elite level with grace and ease. I'll share with you the methodology of habit and change psychology that has changed my life and the lives of so many others. Together, we'll commit to the relentless pursuit of progress, all the while not taking life too seriously. Here we revolutionize your resilience as you begin to get comfortable with adversity. Welcome to the Never Settle Lifestyle Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome. Oh my goodness, we have a very powerful episode ahead of us, and I cannot wait for you to listen. I know that so many of you are going to be able to resonate with what's being said, and I know that you are going to learn a lot because Lord knows that I sure did. Our guest for today is Lex Albro. She was formerly a corporate manufacturing professional, and she has turned into a trauma-informed coach and advocate and speaker with a mission to create a more healed and less hurt world by helping survivors build a sustainable life after trauma. So she is the founder of Survivor Rising, where she does just that. So in today's episode, it's, I mean, man, we really go deep. You can see it's a longer episode today, and I really tried to cover a lot to give you guys as much valuable information as possible. So we talk about what trauma-informed coaching is. We talk about her trauma-aware directory, which is local to Ohio, and there's also some virtual resources in there. So if you have undergone trauma yourself of pretty much any kind, you can check out this resource and it's going to give you some practitioners, you know, whether you're looking for therapists, coaches, chiropractors, there's all sorts of people available. We have information at the end of the episode with um, how to get in touch with that. There's also some links in the show notes. We go into the best workouts and self-care practices to help manage an activated survival response. I share a bit about my experience with trauma and Lex does as well. And then we really go into our healing journey. So um, just a trigger warning, we don't really go into loads of detail, but there is mention of sexual violence and things of that nature. So just be aware 
if that's something that um, affects you to just tread lightly. One of the best things about this podcast is that it is definitely going to leave you with some tangible tools to take away for your own healing journey. And Lex really goes into that light at the end of the tunnel and your future and how ultimately you can move forward after experiencing trauma. And I really feel like that it's something that needs to be talked more about. We're going to touch base on nutrition and how ultimately you really have to be dealing with your trauma first before you can crack yourself open into physical transformation. And I talk a bit about my experience and how I work with clients through that because it's something that I've really noticed, especially in terms of sexual violence and in relation to the body, how we process it. And most of all, how we you know, are able to make progress when it comes to, you know, losing body fat or keeping it on and it all serves its purpose. So we go into that and I'm really hoping that it gives you a little bit more validation. You know, if you're struggling with weight loss and this is something that you've experienced, I want you to know that this is actually normal. Okay, and we go into the process of how to unpack that and really how you can move forward with it. Um, And we go into appropriate workouts, you know, and even as coaches, what it is that we need to know, especially if you're working with people and you're a practitioner of any kind, you know, and you're physically touching people or working with people in that nature. So there's a lot here. I will let you guys just dive right in. So I'm going to leave it at that. I hope you enjoy it. I would love your feedback. So of course, send me a message on Instagram and let me know your thoughts. I'd love to have your rating and review and I will talk to you guys on the other side. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the episode. Welcome, Alexis Albro. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. I am so stoked. I've been looking forward to this podcast for so long. Me too. Yeah. I'm so excited for today. So, yeah. Okay. So I just truthfully want to jump right in. We got a lot to cover today and I already have a feeling we might end up making this a little, um, series. So we'll, we'll see how it all plays out because I have so many questions written down. Okay. So obviously you are all about holistic healing. You're all about trauma-informed coaching and, there's a lot to that. Like I've heard you speak a lot about the different people and programs that you work with. So we'll get into all that in a minute. I want you to kind of preempt us. How did you get into this work? Tell us a little bit about your background as much or as little as you'd like to share. And let's go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I am a dog mama of coconut. I am a, I'm a daughter. I'm a bridesmaid. I'm a homeowner. I'm a runner. I'm a Peloton enthusiast. Um, and I am also a former corporate supply chain analyst turned survivor turned trauma-informed coach advocate and speaker for ending sexual violence. Um, I, as a survivor, um, I'm a survivor of sexual violence across the lifespan. That's kind of how I 
define it. It feels like it encompasses all of my life experiences. Um, but I, yeah, I had experienced sexual assault at the age of 14 and it was really not believed or acknowledged. And so I, um, I then, in which I now know, I then started using coping mechanisms and trauma responses that, um, impacted the way that I went about the world and viewed the world. And it put me into harm's way oftentimes. And um, that led to multiple other assaults, domestic violence, and then being groomed by two sex traffickers. And um, so through that experience, that really, you know, it really made me realize I, I need to help create a more healed and less hurt world. Because if you aren't healing, you're hurting. And maybe not, maybe not other people, but you might be hurting yourself. And in doing so, that does harm other people. So it's uh, honestly, everything kind of not fell into place because it wasn't easy. <laughs> but um, through the court system, the justice system, through um, finding safety in my life, and also do, being the person I want to be. Um, I decided that I needed to help survivors build a sustainable life after trauma. And I knew that would be complex. And I knew that that was going to look like something that I had never heard of because I did all the things and none, none of it had helped. And then I came across, I think it was like an, maybe an ad or something. And I saw trauma-informed coaching through moving the human spirit. And I kind of went that direction and I believe in it more and more every single day. Um, and, and, and holistic healing, understanding that trauma is complex and healing is complex. So that's me. Wow. Oh my goodness. Thank you so, so much for sharing that. And I know that there are going to be countless people that listen to this and are going to be able to walk away with a new understanding, hopefully of themselves, Mm -hmm. of their experience and, hopefully with some tools about how to start to unpack it and not, you know, fear the experience, but most of all, something that I'm playing with, not only with my healing journey, but with my clients is exactly what you said. It's such an interesting dance with the healing process, you know, no matter what kind of trauma you've experienced to be able to have that dance with processing it and releasing it and looking to your future, you know, creating the person that you want to become. So if you could talk a bit into, you know, after that initial experience, what, how did your brain, whether it was your brain or your thoughts or like what happened to kind of have you start to be put into those other situations Like, how does that work with our brain and our experience? Yeah, so a few things or something major that I recommend to everyone now um, that was not said to me at that time at the age of 14 was that I believe you. I did not have anyone say that. And it's not necessarily that not, you know, I'm sure there were people who did, but it also was not something that I genuinely felt because I was not either hearing it enough and I didn't feel it. I also didn't understand or feel a felt sense of safety. And also the words consent, control, domestic violence, like those were not words that were talked about. 
there was also not the words of, you know, even the word rape was something that was not talked about despite it happening all throughout what at that time was the high school that I went to. Um, and, but we would see it like, oh wait, but that person was my friend or that person. And mind you, my first experience, it was not really, I mean, it was sexually violent. It was not physically violent or even verbally violent. Um, and, but that key piece was, I, I was not believed. And because I wasn't believed, I started to internalize all of the reactions that my body and my mind were having to this. And I was internalizing it as something is wrong with me. I am crazy. My worth is lower. My, and what happens is then we go into and stay in our fight or flight or our trauma response of, for me, it was freezing. And so, but what the interesting part about this was, is I think I had a 4.8, 4.9 GPA throughout all of high school, 3.9 GPA in all of college. I was in all of the sports. I was in the marching band. I was in the, you know, like I, and I did start to like throughout high school kind of, um, I think I, in, throughout middle school and early high school, it was like all three sports. And then like, as time went on, I, you know, wasn't able to do it, which it's not because it wasn't good for me. It was because of maybe the way that coaches presented themselves really added onto that, taking away that self-worth that I was already struggling with. And it became, okay, this isn't like no longer my thing, but it was, it was probably still my thing. It's just, um, due to the trauma and the not being believed and the self-worth, um, and the way that my body was processing it, I was not able. And I was also getting injured because my body was not, you know, I was starting to not function. So over time, what happened is my, you know, um, the amygdala, which has, you know, holds control of your emotions and the way that you might respond to a converse or respond to a situation. Um, and that's our reptilian brain that was now in the driver's seat and any executive functioning, it was there enough for me to fulfill that people pleasing, fawning or appeasing part of myself, but it wasn't fully there. And so I started being, I was still able to adapt to what people needed from me, which did lead me to being able to get the higher GPAs, do all this other stuff. But I also had two separate lives. I had the other life that was one that I, there were honestly, there were a lot of lies told in that side, which also, as you can imagine, very much confuses our, our criminal justice system, um, which also, you know, um, I think one of the main things that we know now is that when law enforcement is conducting interviews or questioning victims that um, if they're, if everything is making sense and everything is lined up, it's typically false, which is very, very rare. Also, let me just point that out. Only one, one to 2% of victims are, are, um, they, they end up being false claims. Yeah. And those are what are reported to law enforcement. So there's the, you know, 
billions of other victims that uh, do not even report to law enforcement. So, so yeah, I just want to point that out. Can you explain that a little bit more? Like when you say everything lines up, is it because it's made up and it's so well fabricated or is in like partly when you have the experience, you're, you kind of leave your body and you kind of forget that. Like what, what do you mean when you say that? Yeah. So in that specific instance, I'm referring to if it's fabricated and told, but again, that's why I'm clarifying like very extremely rare times that that happens. Um, but that's also why healing <laughs> like our, the way we approach victims cannot be um, a uh, black and white answer. Um, and it definitely needs to be just like the trauma is complex. It definitely needs to be complex how we approach these situations because in, so kind of all of this culminated to a, um, to March 16th of, um, 2021, when a former law enforcement officer came into my home and at, at gunpoint had assaulted me. And that was kind of the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go report this now. And not because I wanted to, I just had to call the police because I did not know if I was actually safe and I was not. Um, and because of, I had started my healing journey about my actual healing journey of feeling things in my body and understanding that, um, in the beginning of 2020, like January, 2020, which worked out really well with COVID because I could do a lot of online therapy. And so that was wonderful. But then also in 2021, it was when this had happened, I had already started to dig into this stuff and I already kind of could feel things in my body. I knew when I would dissociate, I knew that my brain, when I would dissociate, would go offline. And that was a form of protection to keep me alive. But I also knew that if I do that, I may not and will not know the details to the situation that's happening. So I felt every single second of pain that was happening at that time. Um, and even though that was terrible, I also knew all of the details. Now, that still really didn't get me anywhere with our criminal justice system because it kind of um, isn't great. I mean, it got me a little little bit of protection, but um, and our justice system is set up how it is. I do believe that um, the people who work within the justice system are, and even law enforcement, I just thank every single person who does that work because there is so much sacrifice that goes into that. And I have met so many amazing people who just care so much about people. Um, and even though this person was former law enforcement, it, you know, it doesn't change um, my gratitude for, for everyone else. But, but yeah, so when your brain goes offline like that, but I really needed to, I actually said this, I said exactly what happened and probably like close to exact minutes when I got in there, because I had told myself, remember every single detail, because you need to stay online. So, so yeah, that's kind of what I mean by that. It's a little tricky, oh. but also like, that's why it's not black and white. You can't just say, Hey, this person, um, or this story is true, or it can, you know, um, different things like that, because our brain is only trying to keep us alive it has no intention to 
like its main purpose and its priority is not to make sure that we can say things directly to law enforcement. Yeah. That's not what it cares about. It cares about keeping the body that it's in like alive and functioning. Yeah. And there's something so powerful about something I've noticed. I mean, not only with myself and I'm still uncovering my personal trauma and working with clients, I've come to discover that a major part of my purpose is to drop people back into their body to help them feel safe. And it's interesting that you mentioned, like I was fully present because you, you know, you're not so disassociated because you are, you've regulated that nervous system more. your brain is connected in different ways now, you know, cause you've done that healing work. And it is weird when something Trauma, like a, a mic, even if it's a small trauma, you know, a micro trauma happens, and it's like you, it's like watching a scary movie that you can't look away from. You know, it's like almost like, and it's it's interesting. I think for me, just speaking for myself, that has helped expedite the healing that has to take place afterwards. You know, which is it's so interesting how our body and brain is set up to, to do that, you know? Um, but it's, it's interesting, you know, in getting people reassociated with their body and especially in terms of like nutrition, weight loss and the clients that I've worked with. And obviously we connect on a very deep level, you know, it's very personal and we go there, you know, I don't ever push anybody, but it's like, Hey, what, what more is here? Like, let's kind of unpack this. And oftentimes, like I will have people that will share their stories with me of sexual assault. And, um, I have not mentioned this publicly. And honestly, a lot of my, I mean, I've maybe mentioned this to two people, but I have within the past year started to recall repressed memories for myself. And I'm like, and it's, it's a weird thing, you know, I don't know. I'm sure that you've dealt with this. I don't know personally or otherwise, but it's this weird thing of, is that true? Or is this just something I'm making up, you know? And then that coupled personally with my religious trauma and then like the micro traumas of just, you know, family stuff, you know, and it's just like, wow, that kind of makes sense why I had eating disorders, you know, and it's all wrapped around for me, my worthiness, right? Um, man, it's just, it's so interesting what we can do with that experience and what we can kind of learn not only about ourselves, but our body and how to care for ourselves in a different way. Cause like you can't care for your, it's not, it's not like the everyday person, you know, it's, it's like, it's almost like I, I find with those specific clients, it's like I have to speak a different language in order to have them feel comfortable and confident within their body, within the space of working with me. And it's it's a different approach. You know, it may look like, hey, I am not worried, even though you want to lose weight, about you logging food. You know, I've had a client that's worked with me for, you know, six months and I'm like, I don't care if you don't log your food. I want you to work on regulating. I want you to work on everyday self-care and just more that 
relationship with herself and her approach to the things around her and man, have we made some progress and we're just now starting to like get so regulated to where we can dive into that. Right. Um, so I would love for you to speak into, cause I mean, I know hands down, like there is a lot that, you know, that I'm sure I don't <laughs> in terms of nutrition and the body and weight and like what that looks like. And like, tell us all about that. Cause I'm very curious to know. I have so many things that like, I'm trying to like kind of jot down that you just said that I'm like, either I'm just like so excited about. Um, the reason I get, sometimes people will be like, oh, you're a trauma-informed coach. You work with survivors of sexual violence and other traumas. That's sad. And I'm like, oh, I think of it more as not really, I don't really work with trauma. I work with healing. And like, it is exciting to know that like, hey, these last few decades or however long, you know, people have been alive that some, and sometimes that does look like six or seven decades. That looks like a 70, 80 year old, you know, um, really coming into terms with certain, certain things. And it's like, we're now learning that like that control is that you're now, you can feel empowered and that also you make sense. Your body makes sense. Your brain and your body have always kept you alive during the hardest moments of your life, during the worst pain you've ever felt, no matter what that is, that it has kept you standing and your mind has kept you standing and your heart has kept you moving forward. It has maybe even helped you and kept you in those parts of yourself where you can care for other people even. And like, that is an amazing, it is a true miracle gift um would you know however you want to think of it but also um okay so the question that you had said where you said um we're in the past or how do I know if some if something's true or if it's fabricated and I've asked that personally a few years or a couple years ago and then I've also had many people ask that and I think that it's not about whether or not it's true or not does it even matter if it's true or not? Now, of course, if this is something that like you are in um, safety, like you are in actual safety as a threat right now um, or is threatened right now, that is something that like, if you do need to report something, um, it does need to be remembered correctly, which really someone who does that, such as like an EMDR therapist or someone else like to work alongside you and advocate for you through that is the best option. But it also doesn't matter. We all have repressed memories. Now there's certain things that can bring us back, such as like, I was like washing my hands at this training on Tuesday and, and they had like in the kitchen area, a soap and I know for a fact that it was the same scent of the soap that I had when I was in daycare, when I was like four or five. And that is normal for our bodies to connect those things and to remember that. But those memories around that time, those are repressed, right? And it's not necessarily that it's repressed. It's just there's parts of the brain that just were not at that point even grown yet, you know? Um, so I think that it doesn't really, same thing with labels and what people are dealing with. 
um, I don't think that it matters. How does that now impact you now? How are you internalizing that? How is that shaping the way that you are going to move forward? Um, whether or not it's true or not, what is the important part of that? And is there one way that you want it to be? And why is that? You know, it's really just about being curious about that. And, and that's difficult, especially when we want to, why do we want to know? I know for myself, I want, I've wanted to know because I want to make sure I'm not crazy. I want to make sure that I make sense. I want to make sure, but guess what? Like we've already, <laughs> like the science literally says we do make sense. Your brain is working no matter what you are not crazy, even if, even if it is allowing you to make sense of something else that happened later on, like, oh, that is the way, that is the reason why I do what I do now. Or that is the reason for the way that I struggle with an eating disorder from this period to this time or to the present. That the, the cause of it isn't necessarily what matters. How are we going to bring that into the future? So that was kind of something I picked up that, um, you had mentioned, but, and I think also the everyday people, I think everyday people also struggle with trauma. That's the, why the biggest thing is, is that we, you know, in fitness, and this is why I just absolutely just felt so connected to your work and you, um, right when we had met, because I feel like you, you understand that it is the whole body and people are, the people that you work with, it's not just nutrition. It's not just fitness. This is like head to toe, all of the parts together Yeah, because people are like whole humans. And it's, it's really important to acknowledge that. Like if you only acknowledge bits and pieces, yeah, of course that doesn't make sense when you put it in the whole picture and you have the whole puzzle. It's like that, that, that is why. Yeah. So. I think it's funny. Cause I'll look through my content and I'm like, wow, I've like barely talked about nutrition. <laughs> And I'll have this funny guilt about it. You know, I'll see other nutritionists and they're posting like tons of recipes and like a lot of fun facts about food and stuff. And I'm like, but <laughs> the roots of it <laughs> have nothing to do with food. And that's the fun part that I get to do with clients like behind the scenes. And so it's funny. I'm in this like era of we got to talk about the bigger stuff. We got to talk about the important stuff. And I know hands down, like that's what sets me apart as a coach. So thank you. I really appreciate, appreciate, um, you acknowledging that because, you know, the deeper healing on a, you know, central nervous system level, as well as the mindset work is crucial. You know, the way that I break the body down, it's the outer layer is the energetic. And then we have, you know, our, emotional and then we have our mind and then we have our body right and the emotional and spiritual are the same essentially right um and the mind is more so if we were to separate like the emotions and that part of it it's like our ego versus our intuition right and so we can kind of like break that down and healing on every level of that and it's interesting to see when something has been, everybody's story is different as far as their personal healing, right? And like their trauma and what they've been through. Like I've had clients that are sexually promiscuous or they really have to stay 
thin at any cost. And like, that's when I'll see more disordered eating and things of that nature. And then I'll have people that are almost avoidant with me. Like they have to pack the weight on in order to feel quote safe. Right. It's like, well, if I make myself heavier, then it's going to deter people or I can like fight them off or like, it's just, it's that padding. Right. And I'll see it play out in so many different ways for so many different people. And yeah, I want you to go in on that because I feel like, you know, probably aspects of that and maybe reasonings for it. And like, just kind of untangle that for us, if you don't mind. Yeah. And that's a part that it's very interesting because part of it is the, and as I kind of said in, in the beginning, like I am a former supply chain analysts like numbers are great um I love numbers so I do like to incorporate that a lot in the work that I do even though like I also will um do a lot of like what we feel in our body and so as you can tell there are multiple parts that like these different parts of myself that just um I've learned to blend together but I don't know if you've ever heard that saying but um don't get kidnapped, eat a cupcake or like, it's something like that. Like don't, yeah, don't no. eat, don't get kidnapped, eat a cup or if you eat a cupcake, oh like, my you gosh. Get kidnapped. I totally and, forgot like, about that. It just came back to it me. It is for sure. I, and I don't know. I know for sure. I've seen it on a billboard. I've seen it like wow. elsewhere in my life, especially I think maybe a decade ago, maybe yeah. it was something that was like, it was like it was eat, a Twitter thing or something. Eat, it was like, I eat cake. So it's, so I'm harder to get kidnapped. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. I forgot. Okay. That. So maybe, and yes, it's, it's fun. It's funny. What, you know, but also if someone internalizes that or just hears it once like myself, it's not that I had a, I had a resistance to, or resistance of losing weight. And so because my body, I was getting excess, like my cortisol levels were through the roof because of trauma. I also was, there were so many different things, the, the way that my body would like store fuel and also just the, my breath, the way that I would have panic attacks going to the gym or running because I didn't understand how my breathing had to do with the way that I was breathing when I had panic attacks. Um, there's so many different parts of that. And there was also actual pain, like physical pain that I was now holding in my body because of emotional pain that I had. And, and then there's physical pain, like actual physical pain as well. Um, and so there's all of these things that were happening. And it was like, I was naturally, because my body was protecting me, I was naturally gaining weight. But because of the societal and as well as this thought in my head that if someone can pick me up, I am in danger. And so I had this resistance to losing weight. So naturally my body, I was putting on pounds, but this also looked like at the same time I was running I was working out. I was lifting weights. I was doing all of the things I was supposed to do. 
And that is why I think it's so important that like the nutrition part is not necessarily the foundation. Like I, obviously it's such an important part and actually it's, it's crucial, but it's also, it can't happen unless people feel safe. It can't happen unless we are fully in our parasympathetic nervous system and we feel safe in our body. The nutrition piece does not matter because guess what? If someone does follow it, they could be dissociating and that actually could not even be something that is good for them at that time. And they don't know if something makes their digestive system, like if, if they can't digest something, they might still be telling you, oh no, I feel great. I feel great. But it's like, is this coming from a space? Are we, are we fully present and are we able to be here right now? And so that's why like, and even, and especially with fitness, I think oftentimes myself included, it's like, oh, I'll just lift heavier. I'll go up more. I used to do like two hours of the stair machine before school in high school. Why did I do that? I did that because I was at that time, I was trying to get that flight response back because I wished I would have ran. Wow. And so I was trying to get that release out of my body. Mind you, I had no understanding of any of this up until a couple of years ago, which is why now I'm shouting it from the, from the rooftops, because people can really internalize some of the things that we, and it might even be just, yeah, a, a silly saying on a billboard or, you know, something. And I think now they put them on napkins and stuff, <laughs> but um, I think that that is like a big, a big part of where frustration comes from. I think it's also a big piece of why people tend to give up on fitness and nutrition, especially if they're working with someone. I know um, I'll just share this because I, I think it would be helpful for um, people, but um, I meant, had mentioned possibly the chiropractor in a previous conversation that we've had where this chiropractor also worked with my nutrition and fitness and had a fitness trainer there as well. And I am positive. They are a wonderful person as well as a wonderful chiropractor. I also know that this was 20 years ago, probably five, six years ago. So this was probably, I, I would not have, I don't even know that anyone was like trauma-informed, trauma-aware, trauma-mindful at that time. Um, so it's not like the expectations like do need to be <laughs> lower for the past um, because we just didn't know and that's okay. And so, um, but this chiropractor I had, I was in the middle of really having very toxic relationships um, and engaging with people and not even people would engage with me. And because I was in such a vulnerable space and I was really like the energy that I was giving out was I, yeah, you can abuse me. I'll like, I'm, I, my tolerance for pain was so high. Um, my ability to the people who I would, you know, move towards were people who were manipulative and so this was my way of one, taking back control over situations I couldn't. And two, it was comfortable. And I know that, you know, most people would say, oh, that does not seem comfortable to go with someone who is very scary. But to me, that's what I knew, you know, in, 
I also want to say too, like my family, very, my parents are amazing and they are my best friends. And they also, um, you know, middle-class family, they gave me a great life. They've worked very hard for everything that they have. Um, Because I think oftentimes too, we think that someone has to be like a certain person to go through stuff. Also, trauma isn't like, sometimes I even, I know the word like, or big T and little T, but like also a big T and little T, according to what those are, those can impact someone just as much as And that could look like generational trauma. That can look like the trauma of someone bullying them at a young age. So anyway, back to the chiropractor though. So um, they ended up, it was in the middle of me talking to very toxic people. And, um, and, but I was like still trying to like, there were still parts of me that were like, I love my family. I need to be here, all of this stuff. I knew that I needed to stop gaining weight and I needed to lose weight. And my, I got connected to this person and so started going there. And I think it was like my third time. And there was a lot of like touching, like, you know, hands on my body to realign things like that. There was also a lot of, um, um, do you want it enough? You need to change your mindset you need to, this is a problem with you basically is what I was hearing. Um, And then there was also, then there was the one day where they actually adjusted my neck and I didn't really know what to expect. And that was the first time that had ever happened. So with that strap and um, as someone who has experienced strangulation, that is not okay. Um, And it's not that it's not okay ever because like right now I feel great. And if I'm fully present and if I trust someone, like, honestly, I could use that right now. I think for like some sort of decompression, maybe I'll get taller because currently my five foot one self like needs a little bit of stretching, but I just feel like the, it immediately led me to meet up with these individuals and I think about that and I dissociated completely. I don't remember anything. I don't even know how many days it was until finally I was like, I need to be like, I need my mom. (laughs) Like I need to, and this was young, like I was pretty young. Um, And so I think that's just so important now. And I know we know much more about that, but like, there's so many things there, you know, consent is huge. What does that look like? It doesn't need to be perfect. No one needs to be ashamed for what they've done before or what they do now. Even when they mess up, I say things all the time. I accidentally go and hug someone really quickly and maybe not ask them and that's okay. But when you can just saying, Hey, do you mind if like I, and it doesn't need to be every time, but just, Hey, do you mind if how do you feel if I'm able to like realign you right now? Or is this okay if I just put my hand here? I want to explain to you what it is for the next thing that we're going to be doing. So that way you're aware of what it might feel like or look like. So you have helped me understand that on a different level. And it's interesting being previously being a body worker, like doing massage therapy, doing aesthetics, you know, skincare, I mean, I would wax bodies. I mean, I was like up in people's stuff, you know what I mean? And like to, I I don't know 
I think that a lot of my awareness is probably due to my own subconscious experience. And as well, being an intuitive has served me so freaking much because I know that I am able to read energy without consciously knowing what it is that I'm receiving about that person. So um, it's, it's been a blessing for me to be able to tread lightly and kind of like feel into, and as I've become more experienced in my profession, like this person doesn't need to be pushed. This person needs a lot of gentleness and to be reassured. Nothing when you were like, um, how bad do you want it? You know, and they were kind of challenging you with that. Nothing makes me more angry when I hear a, a personal trainer or a nutritionist or a dietitian say that, because a lot of times what I hear when you were explaining all of this is that, and, and to reflecting on my experience during the times of my eating disorders, it was like, there was a unconscious fight between my subconscious brain and basically my conscious brain. Right. And so you're getting, like you said, these mixed messages and we don't even realize it. And then to the uninformed person, they're just going to look at someone like that and just be like, Oh, they're weak. Oh, they're lazy. Oh, they don't want it bad enough. Like, and I've, I mean, I've especially, Oh my gosh, not this gym, but like previous gyms in the past, it being CrossFit. I mean, it's, and thank God we have grown as you know, that CrossFit has grown as much as it has, because dear God, it was just about beating yourself up and how much you could punish yourself. Like how much could you take? And then you would have, um, toxic coaches that would push that to the brink and say all the wrong things. And I mean, I experienced that coaching too, abusive coaching, like if we're being super honest and I'm, I'm really passionate about that. You know, it's interesting to kind of like watch how coaches will go around a room and address someone. Everybody that I work with now is amazing. And I've, and I've experienced people in the past where it's just like, they think yelling is the only motivation, you know what I mean? And they're not really tuning into that person's energy. And it's like, they just don't really know how. So I just find that so, so interesting that you were saying that about, you know, you getting on that stair climber for two hours and trying and unbeknownst to you at the time, like you were trying to activate that part of your nervous system. And it's, it is interesting how our unconscious will drive our activity and kind of like put us in situations or what have you to either play things out again or, you know, like heal them or whatnot. And it's, I think that this is so, so important that we're having these conversations about healing the nervous system. You know, it's like, even my, what I've observed is even if you don't consciously know every detail of what happened to you and thank you, thank you, thank you for saying that, because that just gave me so much reassurance for my own journey of like, Hey, you don't actually have to go back and relive all of that. All you got to do is get regulated, which like I unknowingly throughout the years have led myself through. And that's now, you know, what I do for other people. 
And it's like to know, okay, like that's the approach. Like that's what you got to do. And that's how we can start to unpack and heal this and then be able to be in those spaces comfortably or more comfortably, at least. There is nothing that you did before trauma or before something, before you were even aware of the trauma that you can't do now. Also, that person that was before no longer exists. So I think, and I think this is kind of where we go a little bit sideways when it comes to anyone who has experienced anything is it's like, okay, well, if you need to, if you need to rest or take any, we either tell people, okay, you know, you can go and rest and curl up in bed and cry and eat ice cream. Or, you know, we tell people, oh, just move on and everything's good. And, but the thing is, is like, there is a part of, I think naturally, oftentimes people will go to a fitness trainer or they'll go somewhere that they want to be and they are potentially ready to be at. And they will still have parts though of themselves that they're working on. And it's like, oh, well, are they even ready for this? Maybe they shouldn't. They've just been through too much. I fully, fully believe that survivors of trauma deserve to, and that's why I think like the trauma aware directory that I had put out there, I had put trauma aware instead of trauma informed um, because I really want to include as many things as possible so that people have choices so that they have, they can visualize that future life that still looks like meeting with a fitness coach that still looks like meeting with a nutrition coach that looks like these things. Also, maybe it doesn't, maybe it looks like something else, but like there should not be, we sometimes limit the things that people can do. Same thing with like, they can't be a leader. They can't be the vice president or have a company of their own. It's like, no, they can. And actually they can oftentimes do it better. Um, people, which I mean, that's saying not that much just because like a lot of humans are survivors of trauma because many people experience different types of trauma, but being able to really work with it instead of against it is so it's just so crucial and it's so exciting and empowering too when people are can know that like hey you can still honor that and still be the dream person that you you've always wanted to be like that person is still possible yeah and it's so hard like i've witnessed so many people be at that threshold of the door of like I want to jump into a CrossFit class. I want to work on my nutrition, you know, and it's that conscious part of you. That's like, I want the change. And I say it all the time. Like you can be healing and still want a transformation at the same time. Like you can be learning to love your body and find that compassion for yourself while wanting to change. That is okay. And I think that's something we're not talking enough about. Right. And the, like something that just blows my mind and makes me so freaking excited is when somebody that was truly petrified to like get into it, get started, and they don't have a lot of faith in themselves, start to just allow baby steps. You know, they let go of that perfection of it all and what it quote should look like and the time frames and just allow 
the journey to unfold in their way, you know, because we can't compare our pace to someone else's. Like they didn't have what we experienced. So we can't really compare, you know, and it's so, it just fires me up when I see somebody take their power back and, you know, they're starting to regulate. And then that gives them more confidence to step into spaces that maybe scare them a little bit and just being able to remind them, Hey, I'm safe. Like I'm taken care of. I've got me like, it doesn't matter what is happening. I I've got this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a life. It, that's a lifelong journey. And I think too, like you had mentioned CrossFit and I think that, you know, hit workouts, that doesn't mean that that's bad or that people shouldn't do them. It means that are we in the space where that is going to serve us? Is that what I need? And I know that can feel a little bit like, not thinking of the word right now. All I'm thinking of is wooey, <laughs> even though that's not what I'm trying to go for. Um, but it's just, it's about checking in and feeling, do you feel safe? Yeah. Does your nervous system feel calm? Are, do you even know what that looks like? Are you able to connect to your body enough? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean fully being like, oh, wow, my life's great. I'm perfect. I'm actually safe. There might be times where hit workouts are great and you actually might not be safe. <laughs> but if you, you need to feel safe. And oftentimes for myself, and I know it's very hard. I know my my dad, he is a he works out every single day. He runs five miles every single lunch and also in the midst of struggling with cancer and very aggressive cancer for many years. So not many years, but two and a half years. Um, but he, we just had this one year cancer-free anniversary yesterday. So just have to put that out there while I'm talking about it. So, but, and he ran six, five to six miles, like every single, I don't know. I, of course he walked some of it, but he just has always been, um, I mean, he, he's the reason why I always knew it was like so important, but I have had him do a minute of breathing and you would have thought that the world ended (laughs) because that was very hard, but I get it. Like we are a very fast paced society. There is still a part of me, especially when I slow down where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much work to do. I want to make this work. I need to do this and got to do this, you know? And like, we're very it almost feels like the world is like going by, but I always will like literally put one hand on my heart. That works for me. Other people, you really got to like, you know, in a very, we can just say kid-friendly or like, but like feel your body, feel it all over, feel what, you know, find what feels good in your body. Find what feels good when you touch your own body, love yourself, give yourself a hug. Like, It's so, I think that's like another part that like, we just don't, especially women, but I know with men as well, like we don't really like talk about that. Like give your hand, hand, a hand massage. I mean, I had people do this the other day at, in like in, um, a workshop and they literally, the one guy I noticed it was like an hour later after the workshop and he's still like massaging his hands. Cause like, let yourself feel loved. 
you know, I know that's scary, but like, that's all we have our whole life. Um, and so I, I think that like being able to check in, can you feel your heartbeat? Can you sit here for maybe, I know I do like maybe three minutes. I do have a song though, that like, I'll typically put on something that's calming, but like really let's, but you know, it's not like fully, there are words and things like that. Or is there some sort of mantra or affirmation? Is there something that you can do as you're sitting there? Or can you just feel, let yourself feel what that feels like? And it might be terrifying and that's okay. And oftentimes too, if, if you're not in this, maybe it might be too terrifying as in, um, and that may look like sitting with someone who can hold that space for you to feel that emotion. But I think that that's so important um, to really check in with yourself. And then if you are feeling in a space where you can, if I give you five colors of things and you can find them in the room around you, behind you, next to you, if you're able to orient yourself to the room and be present and mindful, go do the hit workout and do it hard. And you can yelling and you know, even coaches yelling, like that may be, that is great. There are times for that. And so like, I just want, like, I feel like we're just all, all or nothing. Like we got to do it all. And like, it's, it's okay. And it doesn't need to be a whole thing. Yeah. If you don't have time for yoga, don't do yoga for today. Like if you don't have a time to be mindful, but like also you probably drove to CrossFit. Yeah. You can probably at a stoplight, I mean, I guess you should have two hands on a wheel, but when you park, just feel your heart. It can look as simple as that. So, yeah. Oh, it's so good. And two, it's, it's interesting witnessing my many seasons of life and like my central, central nervous system. I mean, I will be the first to say, and I don't, I think a lot of my contemporaries look at me and they're like, why are you saying that? You know, but like, CrossFit is not for everybody. Hit workouts are not for everybody. And I totally agree with you in that there are seasons for different sort of fitness too. You know, I mean, even, even myself, like if I'm feeling extremely overwhelmed, I will not go do a, go do a CrossFit class. Like I will do some sort of slower weightlifting movement. I, it's something that I am bound and determined to master in this lifetime is that I want to work out and lovingly push my edges of discomfort. Yes, absolutely. But I, I'm not here to beat myself into the ground anymore. You know, I will put myself in a uncomfortable situation to help myself grow. But if I, it's, it's like getting to know your body and your mind so well to be able to ask the question, okay, is going to this workout and doing a high intensity workout going to serve my nervous system. Because if you, if your cortisol is high and learning, the first step is like learning what that feels like in your body. If you, if you're overworked, if you're not getting enough sleep, if your kids are driving you crazy, if you are a caregiver that you're having to take care of somebody, if a family member is sick, like you have to be conscious of life stress outside of the fitness and nutrition stuff and understand like, Hey, it affects 
how you're going to feel in the gym and how that workout ultimately is going to affect you. You know, I've worked with people that are avid competitive CrossFitters and yet the environment of their life is not conducive to competitive CrossFit because when it comes to competitive CrossFit, you're, you're in a very activated state. It will jack up your cortisol. Same with like high intensity interval training with running. Right. And so it's like getting to know your body so well to ask yourself, okay, what do I need? I mean, I remember going through my divorce and the CrossFit open was happening and they are very, very intense workouts. And it was just this thing, like you were saying, like life is just kind of happening around you. And it's like, Oh, I have so much to do. I got to keep up. And I was like telling myself the story of, I got to go get this workout in. I got to go submit my score. It's just what I do. It was 10 PM. (laughs) And I go into the gym to just get this workout in. It's the last literal hour for me to submit the score. And I couldn't do it. My body was like, bitch, sit down. (laughs) You are tired. (laughs) And it's, it's so important to allow ourselves to rest on occasion, like without any sort of productivity in mind, just to be, because you deserve it. Exactly. And I think something that's kind of um, funny, because I'm sure that there's some people who would hear this and say, well, before I get into CrossFit, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to, you know, um, work out as hard as possible. Now, that also does not mean that you're in a safe and calm place. That does not mean that you have that you are in your parasympathetic nervous system. That could mean that you are in fight or flight. And so, really understanding, yes, that's because and I'm even thinking about like my dad who he's just like oh no no I'll just keep running I'll keep running I mean he literally walked even a couple weeks ago it was like 11 miles or something and just like just for fun after his run um and movement sometimes can be and that's when we can hurt ourselves as well um that's when like the so even though like our muscle tone our muscles are able to tone more during that time. That doesn't necessarily mean that we are in the right, the right mind mindset, I guess you could say, and right parts of our mind and body for that time. That really could mean that you do need to do something that's a little bit more gentle because you do need to sit with yourself. Um, And I think a lot of men maybe, maybe say that because that's what we as a society kind of expect and like, or that's how at least I grew up was like, it felt more like, okay, well, they're just, I, I don't know. Like it just, yeah. or maybe just my household and my dad, he always just did run and he did the workouts. He did lift the weights. And it's like, sometimes you really do need to sit with it and it will feel harder. It will feel like it's not the thing that's supposed to happen, but like most likely that's because of if you're feeling some resistance, it probably is something. <laughs> yeah. But. It's very interesting coaching men and having one of my best friends is extremely trauma informed. He's, he has his own story and he does CrossFit and we talk about this stuff actually a lot and, you know, we'll observe certain people and it's like, 
a lot of people overtrain and it can come from many places, you know, and for me here, what was interesting for me was exactly what you were saying. I was in this activated state all the time. I kind of didn't realize it. And I would then go pile more CrossFit on top of it and I would overtrain and I would undereat. So it was just like killing me, you know, and I got better about the eating, but was still overtraining. And I would literally come at it from a place of needing to prove myself because it was almost like I was fighting those demons. I was like fighting off that past trauma and kind of just like releasing the emotion through that. Right. And, and comparison, which was not healthy. And so if you're curious to know if this is you, if you're overdoing it, how do you feel doing everyday tasks? How do you feel emotionally when you have to interact with somebody and it's going to require you to, to use some brain power and like, you know, whether it's an argument or like an important conversation, if you, if you notice that you're, you're short, you're frustrated, you don't have time for anybody else outside of fitness and then just your regular stuff, you're overtraining. Like I always, especially me doing so much energetic work with people now, it's like asking myself the question, am I going to have the energy to hold space for people after this workout? And I'm not sitting here telling you, you need to quit CrossFit or your high intensity stuff literally just back it off, like take it to a lower gear. It's been very wild. And I don't know how much I've talked about this in the past, but throughout my healing journey, as I've released that need to prove it is kind of funny because the culture is very much of that, you know, it it is extremely competitive and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, kind of interesting when you start to unpack the intent (laughs) behind it. Like a lot of uh, really good CrossFitters have a lot of pain that they're working through. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's funny because it's like, it was weird. Like once I kind of released this need to prove, I kind of lost that, you know, um, go really, really hard aspect of me. And it was kind of this whole thing I had to go through and process and kind of come to terms with of like, oh, like, I don't want to go all out anymore. And this is a really, there was like shame behind it. And it kind of pulled back my competitive edge a little bit because I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really give a shit if I need to bring this and scale this workout. Like, I really, truly don't care what anybody else thinks. You know, I'm just here And I know that my body can't go all out today. So I'm just going to do this workout. So it's very, it's weird. It's weird and interesting. It's so interesting. Yeah. And that shame, that is the part where it is so important to work with a wide range and like, yeah, a wide range of people who are aware that trauma exists because it's not just clinical professionals and doctors that need need to understand that trauma exists. It's, it's, it really is in fitness. It's in nutrition because like, yeah, what matters to someone right now? And also, and that's okay. Like it was okay for you to feel those emotions. It was okay for you to be that person then and being, you know, um, the fastest person and using that pain for power. Um, and now you're just using that in a different way and like, that's okay. And that's also why it's like, 
more of a journey because in there still, and I tell people all the time, like, I mean, I work through stuff all the time and I promise, you know, when there comes time for a relationship and babies and, you know, like there's all these different things in life, loss of family members, dogs, <laughs> a new home, like losing a job, getting a job, starting a business, like these things will come up and they're really, you know, it's okay for certain things to come back. We are always learning about ourselves. So, um, and having those different resources just that can understand and can relate and not necessarily relate because they, but the compassion, they're holding a space that is compassionate is, is just so important. So. I agree a thousand percent. And I think that this is why I say awareness is a superpower. And it also matters so much exactly what you said of who you surround yourself with. You know, if you're in a season of healing, be very careful who you spend your time around, because if you're, you know, stuck around energy vampires all day, you're, you're going to have a really hard time. You know, you need people to not dump your stuff on. I want to say like, be mindful of that too. Like with your relationships, let it be symbiotic you know, hold space for them too. Don't just go up to your friends and dump on them and like, oh, well, that's just what I need in my life right now. Like, like find that balance and have a therapist <laughs> that you can like dump all your stuff with, you know what I mean? And how you're spending that time is so, so crucial. Yeah. Yeah. And it all, like, I do think that there's different, um, I, sometimes I'll even like explain it like a video game, like when there's, I haven't played a video game in like probably 15 years. So this is probably this explanation is not even around anymore, but like, there's like you level up, right. And, but you can't see the next level until you level up. And I think that healing very much looks like that in regards to like that next level may look like something completely different than this current level. And you're really not going to know until you get to that next level. And when that opens up, you're going to have potentially more new challenges, different things, different healing. I think about like owning a business that is like a whole other healing. And that doesn't mean that I'm not already healing and that parts of me aren't healed or in the process of healing, but they're, it's a journey. And like that journey, and if the journey stops, um, that might be, well, that might be more of like a fixed mindset. That means you probably aren't growing. Yeah. And so I think that like understanding that sometimes it is that CrossFit that's needed. Sometimes it is to sit with things. Sometimes it's the nutrition. And sometimes if you don't have that nutrition, and that's kind of what I've experienced in my life too, is like, it got to a certain point where it's like, wow, I feel really good. I feel very confident in what I'm doing. I'm going for my passions. I'm shouting from the rooftops and using my voice for the first time in my life. And, but then it was like, okay, I need to go back and like spend more energy with my fitness and nutrition and like really focus on incorporating that into the person I am now. Yeah. And like, that means opening up that door. Cause guess what? I can't get up to the next level unless I, unless I do that. So like, I think that's the thing too. Like they're both, it's not one or the other. You can't just 
healing looks like, again, it's the whole body. And I know I'll just um, add, you know, the word heal, healing, the word heal comes from, I think it's old English. And it means it, it comes from the word Halen. And the definition of that is makes whole. Wow. So heal me heal the word heal comes from the word makes whole wow the phrase makes whole so and like I just think that that's like so important that like we're healing and like that's never been even if we're just kind of realizing it as a society like in the last decade or so or even less than that it has always been (laughs) makes whole so oh my gosh and I just kind of got this intuitive hit as you were saying that in terms of energetically, you know, you think of when we go through something traumatic, a part of our, part of us kind of leaves, you know, or we, it's like we get an energetic cord, some sort of attachment and we're draining out energy into that source. And it's, you know, be it the situation, the person, like whatever it is. And it's like, when we start to reclaim that power and heal our central nervous system and get curious we start to call that power back to us and you get to take that energy and put it back into something that you want to work on you know like just like I mean I've tried to do certain projects and certain things and I just couldn't because there were certain aspects of myself that I needed to work on or get through and then it's like I it was interesting to come back to that same concept of like, for example, for me, it was like being able to hold more on my plate, being able to have more on my to-do list with like productivity and not have it feel like the rat race, you know, not have it feel so activating and like, I'm trying to keep up and just exhausting. And it's weird, like how much I can get accomplished now with this sense of, I guess ease, not, you know, there's struggle for sure, but it's like, I don't feel so just like activated and like stressed. It's just kind of like, yeah, I'm very even keeled about stuff. And I just kind of like go through it and it feels easier than it would have before to try to take like all this stuff on. So yeah, it's very fast tolerance <laughs> is what you're talking about. The window oh. of tolerance and yeah. So your window of tolerance has expanded. Right. And like, so there's more room, but that doesn't mean that we just sit there all the time yeah. where, and that's what, where that like Hoberman's fear, which I told you kind of sits very close to me. So it ends up getting, um, we don't want to just, I, I'm just going to grab it. Let me show, show, show you really quick. And um, so the Hoberman's fear, like, it's not supposed to be like this, this, this. And then all of a sudden, like our nervous system stays in one area in the window of tolerance. That is not, and then everything's perfect, right? That's not how it's supposed to move. We want it to be able to fluctuate and go like this. We don't want it to be like this. We want it to be a very like oscillating between the parasympathetic nervous system and then the sympathetic nervous system. We want to be able to go into fight or flight when we need to and to freeze when we need to. And then we want to be able to regulate when we need to. And like right now you're in that window of tolerance where you're able to oscillate or move freely between all of those when you need to at the appropriate, at the time that is safe 
for you and for the people and world around you. And so that window, it just gets smaller though, mm. um, which is where like, not get smaller, but with trauma, trauma causes that window to get smaller. So we have less capacity to handle certain things. And that doesn't mean we're weak. That doesn't mean that just means, Hey, our, the energy is going elsewhere, but it also means giving things up. Like, as you were saying that talking about adding things on your plate, like, in, you know, from previous conversations, you and I, like, you, you know, parts of myself that like, I've learned, like, I now need to give up certain things that no longer serve me. And that may, you know, that may look like things that I can still be grateful for. Um, or like, yeah, but that doesn't look like hanging on. It looks like having that freeness of like moving in between the system, but like moving between or like, yeah, moving between seasons and understanding that like, that's okay. It's okay to add more to your plate. And at some point you might need to take some off because life might get a lot and your window of tolerance goes down. So I don't know. It, oh. it all makes sense. You make so much sense, Kim. <laughs> you make so much sense, Alexis. That's Thank okay. You. <laughs> you just totally unlocked something for me. I was literally talking to that same friend I was telling you about this morning and we were talking about, and I've started to call it the point of return. It's like where mm. you get to this point in your healing journey. And I'm, I'm realizing like in, as we do with refining the language of our business, that's what I'm trying to get people to. Because it's like, if we can widen that window of tolerance and get you to the point to where you can handle a more intense workout and you can handle, you know, being in a calorie deficit and not having everything activate, right? You can get what you want, which is the result. And it's, it's like the way I described it, it's like this certain, like intangible point of your healing journey. And all of a sudden you just kind of like wake up and you're like, yeah, no, I think I'm ready for more. So thank you. Because like, I didn't know that that was technically a thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely a thing. Um, that's so important. And it's so important to understand that. Like, that's why I think coaching is like, I just believe in it so much, but, um, <laughs> because I just think that it's very much like, Hey, we're moving forward. It's not like we're at a stop train and just like waiting until things happen to us. And just working on the past things that have happened. It's about like, this is like a, the life is still moving. Yeah. Like, let's move with it. And let's understand that, like, the flexibility with that. And it's also, it that's really, I mean, and I know both of us here have, like, done so much work on ourselves. So, like, that isn't something, I think, you know, the patience and the, if you ever feel shame, open up. I don't know, the internet and start Googling the nervous system <laughs> in the brain. And the moment you realize or, or reach out to someone, you know, um, like myself or Kim, where you can really start to understand, like, I, th I think once we realize, oh, wait, I make sense. That's making sense. Now we're able to like, look at it a little bit more, like, instead of worrying about us, we're now worried about what that future and like what that action is. So Yes. You can talk about this stuff forever with you. Oh my gosh. I'll make one point to that. And then I have one more question. Okay. And we'll wrap okay. Up. okay. <laughs> um, Cause I know we're just like on this roll and we could go for forever. Um, okay. So to speak into the shame part. So 
something that I'm, I bring up a lot are the energetics of emotion. And mm-hmm. we can even bring this into law of attraction, which that's a whole different podcast. I'm sure I'll do at some point, but like our, our emotions, what state we sit in is ultimately like what reality we call into us, you know, whatever your emotion is, you're going to start to attract like verse, you know, like attracts like, and the lowest, lowest, lowest on the energetic scale emotionally is guilt and shame, which is so wild. And so it's like, it's not about going from, you know, shame to bliss, but it's like, how can we feel just a little bit better? How can we get to anger? How can we get to apathy? And then we slowly work our way up and I, whoa, like, oh my gosh, I think we just, I mean, this is something I feel like you probably know, but you really just kind of made something click for me in that, yes, if you can regulate your nervous system, you can get yourself up that ladder. So if you're suffering from depression, anxiety, things of that nature, you guys like change your freaking state, you know? So that being said, please tell us what are some tips for regulating the nervous system? What does that look like? Oh my gosh, so many. Um, So this, one thing I do want to say about that. So, and I, I, I struggle a little bit with the word manifestation. Yeah. Okay. And I actually stay away from it completely. I usually do too. (laughs) And like, it's interesting because it's not that I don't believe in it because there, I definitely, I mean, the whole reason I'm, I've started my practice full time has been literally because I put something out there into the universe and um, really thought on it, put my energy towards it. And I mean, it, not that it happened because like I'm working my tail off, right? but that certain things have started to land where they need to. And certain things in myself have started to feel that felt sense of safety where I'm like, okay, I'm in the right space here. Um, but it also means I know for a, a while I had a problem with like, not a problem. It, it was just a a realization that like, if I made the good things happen, that means I was in control of making the bad things happen and that it was my fault. And so that is something that like, I'm, I'm careful with, cause I truly do not believe, like, I truly believe bad things happen because of bad people mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things. But I think that if we don't put our energy in certain areas, we don't have the ability or those, those aren't possible for us to achieve. So I think that when we do do that, what people will call like manifestation, or when we do put our energy into certain areas and certain emotions, certain, um, when we put our energy towards that point of return, when we put our energy, um, into that future self that we want to be, that becomes possible and we move towards that. Um, and so I don't think that we make it happen in any way, but, um, but yeah, that's just something I, yeah, I feel like it, it does make, it makes a lot of sense that like, if you can't see something visualization, if you can't visualize something happening, and it doesn't seem possible to you or your body or your mind, then like, of course you're going to have these resistances. Right. Um, 
but that doesn't mean that we can just put our energy towards it and expect that it'll happen because, um, and we definitely do not make bad things happen. But when we do and kind of just vice versa, if, if we <clears throat> think that something else is possible on the other side in regards to like healing from bad things, then that can be possible. But if we think that we're going to shut down and, you know, um, not be okay if bad things happen, um, I think that like we really underestimate like our strength and the ability to push through things. So um, can you bring me back to your question, please? Yes. I want to say first off, though, I totally agree with that. That's and thank you for saying that. Um, we, we could literally do a whole podcast on that and maybe we will. Um, I I completely agree. So thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, things that have helped me regularly. Yes. Thing. How do yes. we regulate our nervous system? Yeah. So it's really dependent on um, where you, where you are at. If you are in bed, you cannot get up from bed. This really may look like, and if breathing is something that is hard, which breathing is hard, it really, you know, it really is. Um, we do it naturally, but there's, I know for myself, I don't breathe. I did not breathe. My breathing would get stuck here because there was trauma here. And oftentimes most people will get stuck either in their chest. Some people get stuck in their throat or you can get like stuck in your stomach and not fully exhale too, um, which a tip I just learned from someone, she swims and does like actual swimming. So sometimes it'll be gentle. Um, I'm not a swimmer, so I don't really know any terms that I'm using right now, but um, she'll do, you know, and she'll swim laps and she'll use that as exercise, but also you have to breathe when you swim. And especially when you're going underwater. So that has been something I think that that can, that's a new tool that I've recently um, learned from someone that it helped, extremely helped. So that is something. Um, if you can't get out of bed and it's a point where you do need to regulate doing something simple, like being able to move, put pressure on each finger, becoming more mindful of how things feel, um, senses, noticing your five senses. Um, this can also look like going throughout the room if you're just laying there and like being able to point out, okay, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. Now, if we're a little bit, you know, if, if we're a little bit farther along in our journey or we're a little bit more healed, we can then start incorporating other things that will help us that are a little bit more adaptable and the life that you're currently living. So that can look like visualization, meditation. I know the meditation that I just am, I just love so much. And I've done quite a bit is the one where it's really honoring that past self and that it has held you up. Like I kind of talked about in the beginning that like these feet, those thighs, that, you know, um, that back, that booty, that head, those hands, those have literally been and experienced like the worst with you. And like, it's still here with you. Like they're not, you know, unless and like that energy is still with you. Um, and then taking that into the present and then the future and then bringing it back to the future, to the present um, and visualizing what that future looks like, knowing that there's a future out there that exists 
Um, this can also look like in like corporate settings, at the gym, anywhere where there's potential for community, but it might not feel like you can connect to that community. Um, being able to, that accountability buddy even, or like having someone who is that person that can be um, a check-in. So that way you can be in that community is super important. Music is huge. And I know a lot of people incorporate that. They might not realize it. There's also like bilateral stimulation. So um, if you have incorporate both sides of your body, you're able to incorporate the upstairs and downstairs parts of your brain. And when we're able to do that, we are able to naturally regulate our nervous system. There's also vibration, um, which when our body, and that may even be like, I know in the schools, we say like um, kids can like buzz like a bee. And so like the, during like breath, we'll do like, and like that actually, even though the kids don't know it, but like that actually regulates your nervous system because it's causing your vagus nerve to, it's allowing your vagus nerve to become, to re-regulate. And that is what's connect, like that connects to our brainstem and which ends up operating, you know, um, and sending energy to our whole body. So I think things like that, incorporating different senses, even when you're eating, when you're working out for sure, the breath work, but breath work is just, that's a more, it's almost advanced. It's not because, you know, I still recommend everyone take a breath, but it's also kind of like there are, we can think we're breathing sometimes and, and not, but yeah, hopefully those are some helpful ones, but yeah, different, different ones for different parts of our life, you know, and for different settings, there's some settings we can't, we can't just start. Um, yeah, I can't just stand on one leg in the middle of the room and, and then on the other leg and have bilateral stimulation going on. Like I might need, I might be in a business meeting. I might need a little bit, something a little bit more discreet. So those are some things. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared and more. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All and right, for doing so, this work with people. It's so important. So I'm, I'm just so thrilled to find, I mean, honestly, I see you as a mentor because you're, it's like interesting to know the way that I work with people and then having you kind of explain <laughs> how, how it actually works in depth is so validating and very exciting I think and I thank you for the work that you're doing because it's it is having conversations that are hard to have you know and the education is so important and the understanding is crucial and that's I think that that's where healing begins with the understanding so yeah yeah yeah. Thank you. yeah. okay so tell us about the trauma aware directory. Tell us what you have going on. Where can people find you? And of course we'll link everything in the show notes. Yeah. So people can find me on Instagram at, at survivor rising. There's only one R in the middle, um, as well as on threads here, here and there, but that's a completely different vibe. <laughs> um, and then alexiselbro.com, or you can send me an email at albroalexis at gmail and um, trauma aware directory. So that is that contains resources, including him with Never Settle Life. Um, I have 
on there as well. The Trauma Aware Directory is for Northeast Ohio and virtual resources um, and is a wide range. There are clinical people on there and I will be adding more. I just got a handful of them that um, I need to add. But and it's really for anyone who is like looking for some support. And it doesn't even, you don't need to identify with trauma. You don't need to identify as a victim of any kind or as a survivor. Um, it's it's just about helping to create a more healed wor world by working on ourselves. So um, so that's available at alexiselbro.com slash trauma aware directory. And um, I have one-on-one -on -one coaching spots available as well as group coaching. Um, as well as for anyone who works for any organizations, the speaking and workshops are um, are available and I have those on my website as well as what the options kind of are. And um, I just love being able to interact with people and, and spread this message and get people excited about this stuff because it is, it's less about that, this, the sadness that we might feel towards trauma. And it's more about that like exciting healing and like fresh you know, start to the future. So oh, the world needs you. And I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> thank you. The world needs you too. And I learned so much from you as well. So thank you, Kim. Thank you so much for being here. Well, this was an awesome show. You guys go find her, go work with Alexis. She's amazing. I obviously adore her work and I'm learning so much and I know you guys will too. So thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Never Set a Life podcast. I would love to have your rating and review. So let me know how you liked it. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and someone that would enjoy it as well. Let me know what you would want to hear more of. Send me a comment in my latest Instagram post at Never Settle Life on Instagram. Until next time, I'm Coach Kim. I'll talk to you soon. There's something inside of you and, and it just knows, it knows where you're going. And you're so busy doubting yourself. And you're so busy 